It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day, the only Thunder podcast with a new episode every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we're going to talk about what happened last night around the NBA. We were going to talk about Game 5 between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets in the first-round playoffs, uh, but that game was postponed. And the, by the time you're hearing this, more than likely, uh, the games on Thursday will be postponed. Um, and, and that's due to the fact that, yet again, we've seen uh, racial injustice, we've seen police brutality uh, that has led the NBA players to take a stand. Um, and... and you know, to, to put this into perspective, I've, I've had the the privilege to host this podcast since May. And since May, this is now our third podcast dedicated to police brutality, dedicated to trying to find an answer and trying to um, ignite a conversation that leads to change. The frequency of which these things are occurring uh, are not encouraging. And I, I know that this is not the place you go to for that conversation. If you want to have that conversation, you have your own podcasts, your own news networks, you have your own places that you venture off to on one side or the other. But I think that silence is just as bad and, and, and silence is compliance. I think that... Uh, this is sports. You say stick to sports, uh, but sports are, is what has been spearheading this conversation. So I am sticking to sports. This is, this is all because of sports. It's because of the Milwaukee Bucks. It's because of these teams not wanting to play in the face of what happened to Jacob Blake. And you, you just look at what happened yesterday and for as progressive for as positive, for as willing the NBA has been to embrace their players, to embrace their players' movements, to embrace their players' uh, you know, personalities and platforms and messages. What happened on Wednesday was historic because that was a playoff game. That was not wearing an I Can't Breathe shirt. That wasn't even postponing a regular season game. That was postponing three playoff games, which is your biggest moneymaker in the sport. And now 
having conversations that are ongoing and will be continuing on through the morning. By the time you're listening to this, you might know the conclusion of those conversations or might not yet, uh, of possibly canceling the entire season. So even though we've seen this league beyond the side of the players before, what they did was still historic yesterday. And to be quite honest with you, again, we understand at this network that we're not the place you go to for political commentary. We understand that that we get paid to talk about sports and not politics. Uh, But again, uh, to me, sticking to sports isn't really applicable here because sports are the reason we're here. Sports are the reason we're having this conversation. I will say that, again, for full transparency, that that we had a a network-wide conference call wondering how do we broach this subject? What do we do? Uh, And uh, there was some talk about, well, what if we just didn't do shows, period, today? We we also boycott today. Uh, And and I fell on the side of David Locke in saying, you know, that's not what the players are wanting. They don't want us to join the boycott. They want us to be left with only having their conversation, which is what I think TNT should have done yesterday. I think TNT should have, from the moment the Thunder game was supposed to tip off in their network at 5.30, Uh, until the moment that the Blazers-Lakers game was supposed to wrap up, call it around 10.30. They should have been on the air with varying different people talking about the movement and everything else. Instead, they did about a 30-minute show uh, with Inside the NBA uh, in which uh, Kenny the Jet Smith had had an impactful walkout to stand with his uh, fellow players as he was once a former player, of course, so, so again, we, there was no good answer of how to talk about this, especially for a straight white male. What can I say that can uh, benefit anyone? Uh, how can I, uh, in any way, other than saying that we respect the players' movement, other than saying that we totally agree with it if they want to play or don't play, other than saying that there needs to be change, what can I add to the conversation? What I do want to add to the conversation is answering some questions. Because I've got a lot of questions from people on Twitter, uh, both in, in messages and, and in the mentions, uh, about why are they doing this? What can this help? What can this provide? And, you know, I think that a lot of situations can be boiled down to the who, what, when, where, why. That's why you get taught that in elementary school. Um, I think that we're all aware of the who and the what. Uh, but why are they boycotting right now? Why are they not playing? Because I think that people look at a league like the NBA, who has everything in their power to further the player's message right now, uh, and wonder why are the players almost punishing the NBA. I don't view this as punishing the NBA uh, as much as I view this as taking their, taking their platform to the next level. Again, I want you to think back to 2.30 yesterday maybe even 1.30 yesterday, think about what you were doing on Twitter, what you were talking about with your coworkers or whoever you're with. Think about what you were thinking about back then. If you're a Thunder fan and you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about the upgraded injury report that had Russell Westbrook going from out to uh, questionable. You were thinking about what he can add to the Rockets and how uh, he could either hurt or help Houston. That's what I was thinking about. I'll just be totally honest. And you fast forward to about 3 o'clock when the Bucks game is supposed to tip off and the Magic are on the floor looking around, wondering um, what's going on. It was kind of reminiscent of the night on March 11th in Oklahoma City 
uh, and they returned to their locker room with three minutes left before the game clock sounded. Uh, didn't know what was going on, and the game got postponed. Uh, the, the Bucks, quote-unquote, forfeited, but of course the NBA was never going to allow this league to allow a team like the Bucks or any team, period, to take a loss in a postseason for taking a stand against social injustice. That was just never going to happen. So every game gets postponed, and, and now from 3 o'clock until 10.30, the conversation on Twitter, the conversation you know, tomorrow will be about well, did you see the boycotts? What about this message? What about their platform? Instead of, did you see Russell Westbrook and what he added to the, to the Rockets in this series? Did you see Chris Paul and how he responded to James Harden? Did you see Lou Dort defending James Harden? Did you see this or that with the Lakers game? It'll be about the boycotts, which will lead you back down the road to the police brutality, to their message. So that's why they did it. What comes next, as of the time I'm recording this podcast, um, is yet to be seen. Do they play? Um, do they not play? Do they leave the bubble? When do they play? I want to be very clear that this is just a prediction. I, I, I don't know anything as of right now. There's no reports coming out. I think that Thursday, they're going to take another day. They're, those teams are going to boycott, as you see, the teams being staggered around to where some teams play on Monday and then Tuesday and then back on Wednesday, back on Thursday. You're going to see them on Thursday, boycott, and then on Friday we'll pick back up with what should have been the schedule for Wednesday and move forward that from there. Um, I think that um, there's valid concerns on both sides. Why are they in the bubble, isolated, whenever there's so much that can be done outside of the bubble? And I totally understand that that conflict that some players are dealing with. I also understand the, the, the players who say, look, we've made this sacrifice. We've been here too long to bail out now and risk the, frankly, risk the financial impact that it would, that it would lead down to not finish the postseason. What, what you could do with that money uh, would be uh, more impactful uh, for most of these players than what you could do if you left the bubble. Now, that's not to say that no players will leave after this, uh, but I think in general – that's what's going to happen. I think that you're going to play again on Friday and try to restart from there. Uh, but again, whatever they decide, if they decide to play tomorrow, if they decide to play, uh, if they never decide to play again this season, whatever it is, that has to be respected because it's, it's, it's their call. It's whatever they feel comfortable with doing. Uh, and that's why this conversation, uh, for me, I'm just not sure what I can add to it besides respect these players, look into what they're talking about, and try to make changes the best you can. And, and, and that's really all I can add to this conversation, is try to make changes the best you can. Do whatever you can do, whatever's in your control, to make the changes you want to see. I think that we should all want to see the changes these players want to see. We should all want to see racial injustice fixed. We should all want to see uh, everything come together and be united. And I think that the biggest takeaway I had from all of this, you know, because because this has been being talked about for a long time leading up to the boycott, uh, the biggest impact that it had on me uh, was Doc Rivers after the, after the game against the Mavericks, taking the mask off, letting you see his emotion, letting you see the anger, the pain, the hurt. And for whatever reason, uh, that just resonated with me uh, more than 
uh, most things do. And I think that we all could uh, do a better job, especially those of us who are not a person of color, could do a better job of looking for those examples and trying to empathize and trying to see and connect with different aspects of this. Black Lives Matter shouldn't be political. Black Lives Matter shouldn't be... um, We should all agree that black lives matter. Point blank. That's the end of the conversation. But the Doc Rivers answer and what he conveyed really has stuck with me since then, and I keep going back to it. And also Chris Weber, who had a very emotional you know, three minutes on TNT after the boycotts happened. Uh, those were fantastic, and, and they were really something I think that everyone can take away from if you go find those videos and just see uh, the emotions running through them. So the what does this accomplish to me just is what we're doing right now. I've spent 13 minutes talking about racial injustice rather than 13 minutes talking about if Steven Adams can stay on the floor in game five of the first round playoff series. Look, this this tragedy happened a week ago. I'm not exactly sure on the on the concrete date, which is sad. We never discussed it on this podcast. That can be a failure on myself. That can be a failure on whoever you want to, want to point the finger at. But we're discussing it now. And we're discussing it because the Thunder, because the NBA took the stand that they took. We're discussing it because they decided that they want it to be on the forefront instead of if Steven Adams can stay on the floor against the Rockets, which is what we've been talking about for the last week. Some things are more important than basketball. And, you know, the, the question of if this league is going to survive this and if these players know what they're doing and when are they going to play again, we'll get to that coming up, but I do have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. Rockauto.com has all the parts your car will ever need. Again, I've said it before, my favorite part of Rock Auto is their website because I don't know anything about cars, and I can go there, put in my car information, and they'll find me the part I need that's only compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting money on parts I don't actually need, and there's just really no point to go to a dealership or even a local auto parts store because they're going to order those parts online for you anyway and then upcharge you for those parts. You can skip the upcharge. You can go to rockauto.com and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box and they'll get you set up from there. Once again, that's rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, and and you know who they are, and you know what they are. You know, you just kind of know it's Clay Travis and people like that uh, that are saying, you know, this is going to be the end of basketball. This is going to be the end uh, of sports. This is going to be the end of it. It's over. They're going to lose money. That's what she said two months ago when they started kneeling. 
That's what you said three years ago, four years ago, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. That didn't happen. Sports are still here. That's probably what you said decades upon decades upon decades ago when there was protests at the Olympics. Sports aren't going anywhere. People who want to act out and say they're not going to watch anymore. The people on Facebook after the Thunder kneeled who said they're never going to watch a game anymore have probably watched every single game inside the bubble. They've probably watched every single playoff game. You're going to keep watching. When sports returns, you're going to keep watching. Again, this is what you said when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. We're a long ways away from that. In sports since then, from that day forward, still never, never was not the top-rated TV show. Sports have always been and will always be the thing that keeps dinosaur television stations alive. It's why CBS is on the air. It's why Fox is on the air. It's why NBC is on the air. It's why TNT is on the air. Without the NBA, without the NFL, without the MLB, those channels are dead. Thanks to Netflix, thanks to Hulu and streaming services, sports drive the television market. Sports drive local economies. Oklahoma City does not look that way without the Thunder. They just, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Sports have a lot of impact on a lot of different things. That's not changing. You can say you're not going to watch anymore, but you certainly started watching football again. You certainly came back around to football. I guarantee you that if we get a college football season this year and Spencer Rattler takes a knee or an Oklahoma State player, Chuba Hubbard, takes a knee, you're still going to be watching Cowboy and Sooner football. I guarantee you. Sports aren't going anywhere. The question of if they're going to play this year is still up in the air as of right now. And again, I don't have that answer for you. I wish I did, but uh, I just had to start recording so I can have this podcast out. We'll know that by this time tomorrow for sure. Is the NBA going to come back? I don't know. I can see both sides of it. I can see why players don't want to be away from their families, their community, their their peers anymore. Not only have they been isolated since July, but now they feel a disconnect between their community, I'm sure. And they feel like they can be doing more outside of the bubble than they are doing inside the bubble. They've tried the Black Lives Matter on the court. They've tried the jersey thing. They've tried the pregame videos. They've tried the kneeling. I think players want to know what else they can do. And that's why you saw the Bucks call the district attorney in Milwaukee or the general attorney in Milwaukee. And they said, that's what, that was the whole conversation. That's what it was about. It was about what can we do now? What can, what's next for us? So if that means leaving the bubble, so be it. If that means staying in the bubble, so be it. There is no wrong answer to me. And I think both of them are admirable. I, I think that whatever the players decide, everyone should respect and be happy with whatever the players decide. So, the NBA is not going anywhere. This podcast is not going anywhere. The Thunder aren't going anywhere. If they play again this year, we'll talk about it. If they don't play again this year, we'll be here next year or whenever this season can resume. 
the the biggest thing to me uh the question i got was well when it's gonna, when is it going to be time to come back whenever there's no longer police brutality again i think that's a little bit disingenuous i think that every player understands that that's not going to happen sadly for anyone there's always going to be a, a, a case of police brutality but they do want to as i've said we've spent now 19 minutes on the show talking about police brutality talking about black lives matter talking about their message rather than talking about billy donovan's rotations rather than talking about lou dort playing defense or shea stepping up that's what they wanted from this that was their motivation for this and that's what they got and that's what they deserved and I wish that uh, this episode could have been better for, for that conversation. I tried. I reached out to Kevin Hervey. I heard back from him. Uh, he just couldn't fit in his schedule. I totally understand that from Kevin Hervey, two-way player for the Thunder. Uh, I reached out to some other people. Uh, it just didn't work out. Short notice. I understand that completely. Uh, I appreciate Kevin Hervey taking the time to engage with me and talk to me about this conversation, uh, but it just didn't work out. So... I hope that I, I did enough in this episode uh, to further the conversation and encourage you to go do your own research from this and and truly open up your mind. They're not the NBA is not going anywhere. This is just a statement that they're making. Listen to them. Try to control and fix what you can control and what you can fix. And I promised that this whole episode was not going to be about bas- was not going to be about politics and, and about um, you know the boycott. So after the break, we'll talk about some basketball stuff. As weird as it will be, as hard of a transition as this is, uh, but I did make that promise, and I'll keep my promise on that for those of you who stuck around for 20 minutes of me trying my best to have this conversation. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S? This is your only daily Thunder podcast, a new episode every single day about the Oklahoma City Thunder, even whenever uh, the podcast is going to be about the Thunder boycotting. Uh, and you, you, you look at this, I, I do want to try to transition into basketball here because I did promise that. So we'll talk about this series as, as awkward and as strange as it is, I, I do hope that it at least provided something to the conversation uh, in the first two segments about uh, what the players boycotting means. I tried my best, but again, it's just difficult. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know the words to say, uh, and I will leave you uh, with some basketball talk. Uh, so at this series, as we mentioned, before the boycotts, the, the big story was about Russell Westbrook being upgraded from out for Game 5 to questionable for Game 5. And I talked about it on yesterday's show. There was just no way that Russell Westbrook, who is the ultra-competitor, who I think is the most competitive person in the NBA, was just going to idly sit by 
and watch a tied series go by with the Houston Rockets against his old team in Oklahoma City and all that goes into that. So the question becomes, when this series does get played again, if this series does get played again, will the Rockets get good Russell Westbrook or bad Russell Westbrook? And Russell Westbrook has changed a lot of the way he played you know, in Houston this year. He's, he's limited the three-pointers and almost has made his three-point shot non-existent, which is a great thing for Houston, which is what Oklahoma City has been begging for, for uh, Russell Westbrook to do uh, for his last few years in Oklahoma City. He just would never do it, and he did that in Houston. Uh, another thing, he's been load managing in Houston. Uh, he's been taking games off, which is something he never did. Whether that was Oklahoma City's mindset or his mindset in Oklahoma City, uh, it, it resulted in his body getting banged up, and, and they've done a better job in Houston. I know it's kind of funny saying this as he's returning from an injury, but they've done a better job of of protecting him and, and letting him sit out on, on the first game or the, or the second game of, back, of a back-to-back and, and not doing too much with him throughout the course of the season. Obviously, he suffers the quad injury. Uh, and... Again, the another thing is how hard or or how bad is the quad injury? Can he be explosive? Because if, if he's not shooting, and we know that whenever he does shoot, he's an ineffective shooter. If he can't drive, what exactly can he do on the floor? If he cannot drive effectively, uh, and then you get to the real conversation. To me, I think we can all agree Russell Westbrook is a top player in this league, one of the best players in this league, even still to this day. I also think we can all agree. Those of you know, this is a much easier conversation to have uh, on the Locked On Thunder podcast, where all of you have watched his whole career. We can all agree in, a po- in the postseason, Russell Westbrook gets emotional. Russell Westbrook plays out of sorts. Russell Westbrook lends himself to some ill-advised turnovers because he's trying to have a personal battle, a one-on-one battle with Ricky Rubio, instead of having a five-v-five battle and helping his team. Same thing happened last year with Damian Lillard who he had more history with in Rick Rubio. The thing with Rick Rubio was just so so weird because they obviously had no no history and they weren't even in the same stratosphere. I mean, Russell Westbrook is 15 times the player Ricky Rubio is. So for, for him to take that matchup so personally was just so odd and he got outplayed by Ricky Rubio just because Ricky Rubio could keep his head on straight and help the Jazz win basketball games and, and Russell Westbrook couldn't. And I've always gone back to this. If Ricky Rubio can get inside the mind of Russell Westbrook, then Chris Paul, who's made a living agitating NBA players, you don't think he can do the same thing? You don't think Russell Westbrook looks across the aisle and sees Shea in that Oklahoma City uniform, hears the noise about how he's the future, he's the cornerstone of this franchise, he's your next leader, he's your next point guard, he's your next star, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You don't think that Russell Westbrook looks over and sees that Shea is replacing him the best he can in Oklahoma City and is kind of becoming the hot new thing in Oklahoma City, the spot in which Russell Westbrook held for over a decade? You don't think he sees that matchup and takes that personally as well as the, the getting traded for Chris Paul factor? Houston had to give up picks to unload Chris Paul's contract for Russell Westbrook's contract. You don't think Chris Paul takes that personally and takes and takes it even more upon himself to get inside the head of, of, of Russell Westbrook? We all knew this was going to be an emotional series. It was going to be an, an emotional seven-game series, what I've, what I've predicted for this series. And 
I think that that emotion falls with Oklahoma City, on the side of Oklahoma City, because I trust Chris Paul to play more poised than Russell Westbrook. I just do. And you take a shooter off the floor for Houston, which means that you can probably play Steven Adams even more effectively. You can probably play Nernst Noel even more effectively in this series without having five shooters on the floor. Now you have four shooters, shooters with Russell Westbrook. So I think that when it comes down to it, the positives for Russell Westbrook coming back are far more on Oklahoma City's side. Now, Houston has one big positive in this discussion, and that's the fact that we've already agreed on the front end of this conversation that Russell Westbrook is a top player in this league. So anytime that you have a top player in this league in the postseason, you're bound to get a good performance. It's possible that Russell Westbrook can go for a triple-double, and he takes that emotion and he actually harnesses it for good, whereas the last two postseasons he hasn't. Because also the last two postseasons, he hasn't stopped shooting threes the way he has in Houston. He hasn't load-managed the way he has in Houston. He hasn't made better decisions the way he has in Houston with the basketball. Russell Westbrook has changed a lot about his game. Russell Westbrook has changed a lot about his game in Houston. Has he changed this part too? Has he changed his mental makeup in the postseason? That was what I was thinking about before the Bucks, the Thunder, the Magic, the Lakers, the Trailblazers boycotted and put a more important conversation at our feet. And I hope, again, that I did the conversation justice. But sadly, uh, it just didn't work out to have on a better voice than me on this podcast uh, to help out. I'm still efforting to get that voice uh, or those voices for a future episode. Uh, but I tried my best. Uh, I, I appreciate everyone listening and, and working through this with me. Uh, but again, just as I've always ended every show and every broadcast I've ever done, be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.